0: This is a Triple J podcast.
1: Pip. Yes. When was your first kiss? Your first bang? Your first boyfriend? Whoa. All of the things. When did you do all of the things? Oh, my God. So many questions.
0: Okay. I definitely feel like a little bit of a late bloomer when it came to kissing and sex, I guess. Mm. First boyfriend was around like 16, 17, but we didn't do anything for ages. It was just after high school that I had my first P&V moment. (sighs)
1: stop that I was as well and everyone in my friendship group in high school were hooking up with everyone they were having partners they Mm. were going out and I just felt like there was seriously something wrong with me and I felt so much pressure to like do all of this stuff or even like lie about it and pretend that I was like also you know like having sex and doing stuff and like dating people when I wasn't yeah you're constantly like filling in the gaps because you just feel a bit inadequate and
0: um yeah that's what we're covering today on this episode talking about these sort of milestones that people get really up in their head about in terms of hitting them sooner rather than later. Things like kissing, first dates, relationships and sex.
1: Yeah, if you're listening and you can relate to this, you probably do feel that pressure or maybe that, like there is something wrong with you or maybe you feel really anxious and you feel like you're never going to find love. We've got this society that really builds that up for us, right? So, yeah, in this episode, we're going to hear your stories and why you feel so shit about it. Yeah, and what you can do to get
0: Out of that negative mindset
1: Whether actually being inexperienced affects a
0: relationship when you get into one And how to tell the person you're either dating or wanting to sleep with that you have zero experience Which you're going to find out is totally normal and fine You're not frigid, you're not naive Let's get into it P.S.
1: This is going to be a really long podcast Just to let you know, there's just a lot to get through Strap in, bitch
0: So once again, Dean and I feel like we have totally opened a Pandora's box with this
1: topic. There is so much to unpack. We say this a lot, but we actually didn't expect the response that we got from you on our Instagram but it just goes to show that feeling and experience or feeling like you've been left behind in you know relationships and sex was just really triggering and relatable for a lot of you
0: Yeah, and you really opened up and told us how you're feeling
2: Growing up, I didn't have that typical high school experience where people were making out with each other and experiencing their first love. As I got older I became more insecure about never being kissed and it was only after years of being on dating apps that I finally felt comfortable enough to meet up with somebody and I got to have my first kiss at the age of 23. Um, Unfortunately things didn't work out with this person and a part of me wonders if it's because of my lack of experience.
3: I'm in my early 20s and I've never been in a relationship or really had um, any real, like, sexual encounters. And, like, um, it's quite difficult, um, especially when it seems like all the people around you are getting these things. And, like, you start to, like, wonder, like, why isn't this happening for me? Why people not seem to be um, attracted to me in this way? Is there something wrong with me?
0: Yeah, by the way, this is just a fraction of the stories that you sent us and the things that you're going to hear in this app. Ep- we couldn't fit everything in, but you will hear a few more uh, dotted throughout. And yeah, it's way more common than you think.
1: I think in general as well, Pip, the needle has moved on when people have milestones totally right like we're
0: getting married later having a family later everything's kind of just pushed back <laughs> at the moment and
1: there's a lot of reasons why um people might be doing relationship stuff later on too like we've just experienced a pandemic with lockdowns yeah i we've spoken about this on the podcast before i had a year-long dry spell like do you know what i mean like people were just not dating not having sex um, another thing we talk about heaps on the podcast is living regionally.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you could speak to this as well, being in bunners. You didn't date anybody for like a year. Ages, yeah. um, there's also like cultural and religious reasons, obviously. There can be um, trauma or sexual abuse in relationships that might make people really wary about hooking up with somebody. There are so many reasons, more than we can name right now. Yeah,
1: and we spoke to couples counsellor Jill Jarday, and she has another take on why people are taking a bit longer.
4: I Yeah, I'm finding that it is really common for, or like milestones to happen later but I think that's because we're kind of I don't know like maybe owning ourselves a bit more which is probably like a really good thing can I just say um, and I think we probably comes up in in my work in the sense of the amount of anxiety and distress that comes up for people um, is quite huge and it's kind of like a, like a, like a bad smell like it kind of lingers a bit and you know, people kind of start to become more and more anxious about it. Um, you know, whether it's around dating or whether it's around like new sexual experiences, you know, like it's 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 definitely there a lot for very different reasons as well.
0: She's really highlighted the main thing that people feel though when it comes to inexperience. It's all about just those awful feelings of shame, anxiety, embarrassment. It's I think A thousand percent, the biggest factor.
1: We heard it from you as well in our DMs. Like this feeling of inadequacy is just so huge, not only for yourself in a dating or partner situation, but it can also make you feel really isolated from friends and just people in general. Like I was saying before with my friendship group, like I felt like everyone was doing all of these things. And I was the odd one out. We actually heard from Danielle about this. She
0: lied to her friends about when she lost her virginity. She lost it at 27. Um, but yeah, for years, she was just feeling that pressure to make up fibs. Throughout the whole of university, i pretty much lied <laughs> to um, all my friends, made up
5: scenarios where I'd lost my virginity earlier or, or had exes. Um, yeah, it's it's something that not a lot of people talk about
0: because you do feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah, again, I feel like there were so many times where people would use the word like frigid around people growing mm. up and it was a real insult to hurl around. And also, yeah, like that feeling of being perceived. I also remember feeling like really naive, not knowing, and I was like, oh, I just feel like, so, like, like the young How one of the it group. How yeah. What goes where? Like what's it feel like? Like I just, Yeah. I really relate to that feeling. And
1: also just being really scared as well because it's something that you've never done before. Yeah, it's totally unknown. And a common phrase we heard the most was that you felt like there was something Seriously, wrong with you?
0: Yeah, the wrong with you thing kept coming up in DMs, in voice memos, and this is something that Matt told us about he's been really struggling with. I'm 26
3: and I've never been in a relationship. Um, I definitely say the worst part is getting asked a lot by like friends and family. They're like, oh, why haven't you met someone? Or how come you're still single? And it's like, yeah, good question. Like, I asked myself the same thing which I just find super unhelpful because it makes me feel like I'm the problem or I'm doing something wrong.
1: And Jill really wants to emphasise this. She she literally <laughs> said, put a neon sign up and say, it's not you. It's society's fault. You are normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, you're, you know, you're not
4: unusual or you're not abnormal. Like, you know, I just think, yeah, we just need to try and like own own that, that it's actually, it's okay. Um, And, you know, in the right time, in the right season for yourself, when you know that it's there or when you, when the opportunity presents itself, then you will have your time. But it's nothing to be ashamed about.
0: I honestly could not have said it better. It is so normal. And you know what, actually, Dee, Mm. it kind of sucks because like the longer you leave this, the longer you go without the thing that you're really wanting. Kiss, mm. dating, relationship, whatever. Um, the worse it feels, and so many people got in touch telling us about that, including Danny. Again, she's back um, after years of self-doubt and body image issues and insecurities about is it ever going to
5: happen to me? Am I ever going to be attractive to someone? Um, the older I got, the more stressed and anxious I became about being intimate with
1: someone. I feel like this is just anything, right? It's like the spiral of yes. thinking about something on repeat constantly knowing that it might not happen soon so it's just like when is this going to happen and then you just kind of I don't know it's like negative bias and we spoke to Jill about this she said that yeah she sees this in her work with her clients all the time watching and talking about people's anxiety just growing over time do you know how I said before it's kind of like a bad smell like
4: it's like a bad smell like the smell just gets worse Um, and that is just that is anxiety the longer that you kind of hold off the longer that it happens for you um, the longer that you probably have time to think about it um, as well and so I think it then becomes this huge build-up for us too like and then it kind of turns into insecurity and you know like so I think sometimes it's really important to try and think you know, are these are these questions or thoughts that I have around dating, for example, or are these questions and thoughts that I have around, you know, wanting to have sex for the first time? Um, is it helpful? Does it help me? Like, does it kind of, does it serve me or is it more like derailing for me?
0: I think derailing is the key word. As you said before, it's a spiral. Like mm-hmm. we build these things up in our head. We get a complex about it. And we make it out to be this like huge life-changing moment. And most of the time you approach that moment, you get there and you're like,
1: oh, it, it happened and it was pretty ordinary. I hated my first kiss. It was gross. Really? Yeah, I hated it. What happened? I just feel like the guy was gross and I just kind of did it for the sake of doing it. Was there a lot of tongue on his yeah, end? Yeah. Oh, it was I hate so that. so gross.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, speaking of kissing, we did hear from May, um, who's in her early 20s and she literally just had her first kiss and she wanted to tell us about it. It
2: was my 22nd birthday recently and I was talking about, oh, I've never kissed anyone, I've never had sex and never been in a relationship. And she was like, you know what? Uh, friends kiss friends all the time, doesn't mean anything, why don't we just get this out of the way, try it right now. Yeah, so it wasn't hot or romantic, it was was strange, it was weird, (laughs) it was new. When she said, there, you've done it, um, how do you feel? I was like, oh, huh, I haven't thought about this, I don't feel
0: fundamentally changed. So we actually had a DM from Shannon about this, and she said, I had sex for the first time last year at age 29 and realized immediately age doesn't matter at all. It was very unprofound, but in a great way. There's, I feel like there's two people in this world here. Yes. Those
1: who think their first time is going to be the most romantic, special, life changing thing, <laughs> or those who want to rip the rip off the band aid and just get it done and move on.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely the romantic. Like, I wanted my first time to be so special.
1: Oh no, I was the opposite. I was like, rip the band aid off. I'm sick of being the only one in my friendship group who hasn't done it. Just
0: like enter me and be done. <laughs> yeah. So wait,
1: did you actually have the special moment then? It was okay. <laughs> It's never going See to be what I mean. It's never going to be like the big fireworks moment. Oh,
0: yeah, 100%. And Naomi Hutchins, who is a sexologist, um, agrees. You know, we build up this idea of losing our virginity way too much. Don't
5: expect fireworks because even if you've had sex with multiple people, often the first time you're sexual, the first couple of times you're sexual with someone new it's new body new dynamic new things what do you, you know so it, it might not be great and to be honest with me as a, as a sexologist I often see people who have built it up so much they they then come to me because they get vaginismus or painful sex yeah they can't have penetration without pain and things and it's because they've
0: built it up so much especially the p and the V bit Okay, so while we're on virginity and inexperience, I really want to chat to you about what I think is a very clear divide between genders and the roles that they play in terms of inexperience and virginity. So, like, girls, totally okay to be a virgin. Like, it's, like, fetishized. It's kind of hot. I feel like guys always in media, porn, are like, yes, Fuck yeah, I'm fucking a virgin. Stop.
1: That's freaking... That it's made me get, get me sick. That made me get me sick. I know.
0: Ick. It does give me the ick too. But Stop. on the other hand though, right, for guys, it is considered an ick. Like it's not okay for them to be a virgin. They're expected to be, I don't know, like blokey, in-control dudes who know everything. Know what doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we even had a DM uh, from this guy, Dean, who said when it was his first time, he told the girl... And he said it was a total mood killer, which is so shit.
1: Yeah, and we actually spoke to Naomi about that and she reckons guys do tend to have it worse in this department.
5: I mean, if you can read any books and things like the deflowering and all the words that they use for virgin sis cis women right and then it's different for men so then there's this just yeah that they like you said they've got to be dominant they don't need to know what they're doing they have got to take the lead which also can mean if they're with women yeah but for anyone whether you're having you know sex is queer or not I think there is there's just this idea that you've got to be experienced instead of just talking about why don't we just have conversations about what do you like because
1: each person's going to be different let's talk about that
0: also we have to talk about the inexperience between queer partners right
1: totally lots of people come out later in life you told us in our dms and you feel like you're completely out of your comfort zone when it comes to dating and sex.
0: Yeah, we had a DM from Ash who recently came out as trans and, yeah, they really feel like they're
2: back at the starting line once again. I had a bit of experience and then after coming out as trans, the same things weren't as affirming for my identity and as my body's changing, it sort of feels like starting all over again. Um, I feel like uh, I'm really inexperienced now and there's I'm not really sure where to go. To find out about how to navigate sex as a trans person, or even not just sex, but dating and, uh, yeah, all of it—it's a bit overwhelming.
1: I can't even imagine, especially if you know you don't have anyone queer in your friendship group or your circle community. Mm. You'd be figuring it out all on your own. Yeah, stay tuned. We are going to give you
0: some advice for all of the above. Told you it was a long pod. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right, so if you're hearing all of this and thinking, how the fuck am I meant to deal with all of these feelings? We've covered stuff like anxiety, feeling like you're not good enough, feeling embarrassed, that shame. How can you get out of those emotions, those feelings? How can you change your mindset? For Jill, as you probably heard her say before, it's all about changing your narrative.
0: If you're saying to yourself, you know, I'll never fall in love, I'll never find someone to share my first kiss with, my first sexual experience with,
4: Jill says... Well, I would, again, probably say, well, maybe you will. And like, look, I think it's really hard when we we have a desire, like we all, like there's a natural innate thing in all humans to have connection with others. Um, And so obviously that's going to look quite differently for everyone. But I think if you're in a season of like, this is something that I really want for myself, I've never experienced it before. I think there is always value in like trying to have that experience on your own for yourself. Like you've heard like the whole, like, maybe just try what it is like dating yourself and appreciating where you're you're at right now. Um, Because I think, again like sometimes when you feel so anxious about something that it's never going to happen for me we probably tend to make really poor choices when it comes from a place of anxiety um and to normalize like it is hard like you know and you know like i think sometimes like if you want to call it being single or whatever like you know it can be really lonely it can really suck like it can you know like it's not great always feeling like you're the third wheel or whatever it is but i think you to start to change the narrative for yourself, you know, I want to be in a relationship,
1: but I'm not in a relationship yet. I love that advice so much, but self talk is like the things that you say to yourself in your brain, especially if it's subconscious. Like that is so much easier said than done, right? Like, yeah, how do you actually stop the thought process and talk to yourself in an authentic, genuine way that's meaningful and maybe going to change the way that your brain thinks about yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's
0: fucking difficult and it really requires you to dig deep in your psyche. Which brings us to. D, is it time for Elon? It's time. Ah, oh, I've been waiting for this the whole pod. Okay. You know how obsessed we were. With him, ever since we saw him on Better Date Than Never. P.S. If you've never seen that, go to ABC iView. Have a watch. So
1: beautiful. Quickly tell the people what it is. Okay, so Better Date Than Never is a series on the ABC on ABC iView uh, from the same team who did Love on the Spectrum. Similar concept. It's about a bunch of people, all really diverse, have such incredible stories, but they've never dated before. Never kiss anyone before and you follow them on their journey and people and i watched it were obsessed and there was a psych on the show called elan that we were in love with
0: yeah his name is elan zabaleski um he's gay in his own words he said he's questioning questioningly
1: cisgendered and apart from better day than never he's worked in the community sector in trans communities in the foster system and end-of-life palliative care uh but these days he's working with couples and individuals who are queer so, okay, after seeing him on Better Date
0: Than Ever, we thought he would be the perfect expert to talk about inexperience. You know, the feelings of shame and honestly, D he opened up and told us this really beautiful story from his own life in regards to self-talk and body image. And we know a lot of you um, actually struggle with body image. A lot of DMs came through um and yeah, you were saying that you avoided dating and sex because... You're the kind of person that wants to, like, turn the lights off, Mm. be under the covers, not be seen. Um, And, yeah, Elin told us about his struggles.
1: But also he did give us some really incredible advice on how to use self-talk to comfort yourself in hard or uncomfortable situations by being just really kind and embracing yourself and your inner child. It sounds weird, but just have just a listen just listen. Just go with it it's so
3: good years ago I was um traveling overseas and uh it was sort of my first time really I was like 18 it was my first time sort of um going to gay bars and meeting guys out in the world and I was so excited and so nervous but I I I, I connected with this gorgeous guy sitting at the bar we just like struck up a conversation and it felt like it was all going so well and um and we went out into the car park and we uh, we just started kissing and it was beautiful. And I could feel his hands sort of slowly going down my back. And at that stage in my life, um, I, I was a bigger guy, yeah? And his hands, as they went down my back, they suddenly made contact with my love handles and my beautiful muffin top. And he, I could feel this sort of like jolt in his body, yeah? And very quickly, almost, it was almost too fast for me to even understand what was going on. The encounter ended and he left. And I was left there feeling so ashamed and so alone and just wanting to like sort of shrivel up into a hole and never have to face the world again. Um, uh, that was some um, 20 years ago now. Yeah. And over the course of that 20 years, I've had the privilege of being able to speak to this story, to this vulnerable part of me. And um, in doing so, I've been able to combat shame with empathy, yeah, either through the care of others, uh, a loved one, a friend, therapist, yeah, And also now through my own capacity to hold compassion and empathy for myself. So when I am uh, in a uh, a situation with a potential partner and I can feel that same vulnerability um, rise up within me this sense of panic or fear. What are they gonna think? Are they gonna judge me? Should I keep the lights off? Do I keep my t-shirt on? You know, all of the things that I can do or that I have done to protect myself and to step away from these scary feelings. Now I can pause for a second and I can go, ah, there you are again. Hello, you, yeah. And I can offer some tenderness and care and go, Yeah, I get it. This is scary. Yeah. this little boy inside of me suddenly gets a bit of a cuddle from the adult part of me. Yeah. And says, it's okay. We can do this. Yeah. We've done this before. Let's give it a go. And through that uh, kind of self-talk that isn't accusational, that isn't judgmental, that is just oriented from a place of open-hearted, compassionate care, I can then meet this potential partner and have and maybe have a wonderful experience.
0: Now, obviously, sexual inexperience is a huge part of your insecurity.
1: And a question I had, I really wanted to ask Jill about mismatch inexperience, whether it's sexual or relationship and whether it actually gives anyone an advantage or disadvantage. And she said, it literally does not matter at all. And that you shouldn't compare yourself.
4: You could be, like you said, you can be in your mid like twenties, be with someone who has, you know, more so-called like sexual encounters than you, but that doesn't necessarily equal good moments, right? Like it, they, like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that. So I just think But I know that for a lot of people that can be very anxiety provoking, you know, because we tend to like measure ourselves up with people and we tend to kind of compare things and assume that, okay, well, you know, this is a disadvantage to me, but it's actually not. Um, And again, like I think sometimes if you're in that type of predicament, it's really important just to change your narrative. Like, just change your narrative about it. Like, you know, yes, I don't have, you know, as much experience or I haven't dated as much or whatever, but this is going to be like a new experience for me. Like, I'm going to be open to it. I'm going to see what happens as opposed to, you know, I've got like, yeah, I'm disadvantaged now because of, you know, A, B and C.
0: Yeah, I think basically you just want to try and leave your emotional baggage at the door with that one. But also, yeah, like changing the narrative, opening yourself up to these kind of conversations. And that's what Naomi said as well. You should chat it out with people and just be honest and own your feelings. There's even studies that talk about how when people practice
5: mindfulness in other areas can bring that practice. So, you know, that is something, but not everybody Wants to do that, but that is definitely something the studies that say that that can be helpful, not just in the sexual space, but knowing, I think, even expecting a bit of anxiety. So that's why I say to people like normalising it, you know, as in bring it up. Like when you go on a date and you're really nervous, like I'm so nervous, I'm just so nervous, I'm a bit nervous today, you know, just like normalising this stuff and same with the sexual stuff.
1: Speaking of conversations and talking, talking it out, a question we had was about whether you owe someone a heads up on your dating history or maybe your inexperience. We asked Jill this and here's what she reckons. It's a hard one to kind of answer because I think it's going to
4: be dependent on A, the individual and B, like the person that you're dating. Because it is kind of like important information about you, right? Um, But, you know, maybe in the first five minutes, like maybe that's not like the point where you're going to like divulge this. But like, you know, if you feel comfortable and safe enough with someone um, in the first five minutes, then you know like you can do it then but I think you kind of need to think about that and I think again that there is actually no shame in not having these so-called you know like experiences or norms and like that is your truth and that is part of your own story and your own love story and like you can actually be honest you yeah, probably want to pick you are know, probably going to date someone who is going to be open to hearing about that.
0: So we heard from Ash before about being trans and just that feeling of not knowing where they stand now that they've transitioned. It can be really tough. But something that Elon told us about was, you know, talking about finding your community and getting together with them, talking about it, whether it's physical, online, however you want to do it. We are
3: more online than we have ever been and even if i am living in a community that is so different from the acceptance available in metropolitan areas there is now an opportunity to find community digitally so i would encourage people and look i don't want to to oversimplify this and to sort of offer a sort of a nutshell one size fits all kind of model uh, of an answer but my encouragement is to to seek others who share your your experience who share those wobbly parts of you and start conversations share your care and your wish for something for a more connected world and i think little by little we can make the change that's needed
1: what about if you've never had sex before we had so many people ask us how to have that conversation uh you know it's it can be awkward. It can be really like uncomfortable. uh, Like we've heard from you, there's a lot of shame behind it, but yeah, Nomi had some really great advice.
5: For some people, their virginity does have this just like very deep meaning and value or something for them. So I suppose that might be a different conversation for some people, but I suppose it's just about, oh, I don't know. And, And also again, I'm always like, don't like the not apologizing as if there's something wrong with you kind of conversation. More like, oh, I haven't had sex with anyone yet you know um so it'll be when i do when we have sex um soon that'll be my first time with someone you know so it's just up to you and i suppose but for some people if it is and you're listening and it is a really special thing for you bring that up i suppose because then you might have the opportunity to create something that is even you know like if you've got an idea in your head of how it's going to be because yes some people do have that and you might you know be able your partner if it's one person will be able to create something but for other people, it might be just about just getting it done.
1: It's kind of what we spoke about before, the getting it done. Two types of people in the world. Uh, two types of people. I really love what she
0: said as well about like not even apologizing for it, not being like, oh, sorry about that. Like, nah, just get in there and be like, hey, I've never done it before. Let's do it. Yeah, like, Own it. Yeah,
1: own it big time. A big thing that you came to us with was – Your fear of rejection.
2: I'm 24 now and seeing somebody new that I really like, but I am scared to tell him that I'm a virgin because... I don't want to be rejected for it.
1: That's Tully. And we played that voice memo to Elon. And he says, despite it being uncomfortable, you have to accept the reality that dating and putting yourself out there is just scary and hard, but that really shouldn't stop you. When we enter
3: into the arena of dating, we are confronted by so much um, that we have little control over. uh, The way that we um, experience certain parts of these encounters and the parts of ourselves that show up. In these kind of fraught dynamics that feel scary and intimidating and rife with the fear of rejection. And so um, I just want to say that I kind of want to normalize the experience of putting ourselves out there, that it is scary. It is hard. Yeah, irrespective if this is your very first time in the dating arena or if you're coming back to it after a long marriage and a divorce in years off the scene, or if you've been doing it nonstop for the past 20 years, it's always going to um, carry uh, that kind of fear because it speaks to something fundamental in us, which is we are all kind of connection-seeking beings. And when that can potentially come under threat or is at risk, It's really scary.
0: Stop that. He's so good. It's like, yeah.
1: Even just the tone (laughs) of voice, I'm like, he's speaking to me. It feels so personal. It's like a giant hug.
0: Yeah, I know. It's so good. And I think he brought up some really good points as well. Like, I think we need to remind people that this kind of feeling of fear and the fear of rejection you're going to face a million times over in your life, Constantly. right?
1: Constantly. I'm still facing it. I'm still scared every single time I have <laughs> sex or inst- instigate sex with someone.
0: Yeah, 100%. And whether it's relationships, a uh, new job, career changes, whatever, um, yeah, you're going to go through it. But that doesn't mean you have to tough it out. Yeah. Yeah. Elon says that you need to be kind to yourself. Remember what he said before, D? He said, hey, you. Hey, you. Oh. We've done this. It's okay. Like self-talk yourself out of that moment. Um, but, yeah, there is actually more Elan where that came from because we played him this voice memo as well from Tessa who reached out um, about her worries um, on being inexperienced and pace when it comes to sex.
2: I have such an anxiety and shame around dating and I find it quite challenging to navigate the sexual expectations of myself and those who I date. I also find it really tricky communicating that I may need to go slower with someone and I worry that I won't be enough. They'll get frustrated with me or it will just ruin things. And I think this has happened in my past as well with those who i have dated. Here
1: is Ilan with his
3: advice. Just begin by being kind to yourself. Yeah? Know that it is okay to go slow and that we can't control how someone is going to receive us. Yeah? But what we can do is be really discerning and um, ensure that the conditions yeah, of the relationship actually support us sharing these vulnerabilities. Yeah? So is this a person who I feel comfortable and okay um, sharing, revealing this as um, part of my story too.
1: Okay, maybe you're listening so far and you're feeling good. You're like, all right. I was nervous. I was feeling a bit shameful, embarrassed, whatever. But now I'm ready to try, put myself out there, try my first kiss, go on that first date, and even potentially get into bed with someone one day. Hello. Hello. But we also have some final
0: bits of practical advice for you before you do that. Because, you know, sometimes it does help knowing what you're getting into before you try it. But unfortunately, with relationship stuff, you never know what will happen.
1: Yeah, relationship stuff is really messy. You can't predict anything. But like Elan said before, embrace that, sit in it, and accept that this shit is hard. But, you know,
0: there are some tips and tricks that you can try to manage your really anxious brain in these moments, like dating, for example. We asked Jill and she had some great tips for first-time daters.
4: Try and start to think, like, what is it about dating that you want to get out of? You know, like, why am I doing this? Um, And, again, just changing your narrative about, like, I am freaked the hell out, but I'm just going to try and see how I go. It's either going to be a good experience or, like, a really shitty experience, Um, but, like, I'm just going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a try. Um, And then maybe also think about, like, if you're extremely anxious about it, maybe think about, like, how the date might look in terms of maybe choose, like, a, a setting where it's more of, a, like, a shorter date than, you know, committing to, like, a full dinner or whatever.
1: We love a low-stakes date. We love just a drink, a walk, a coffee, whatever it is. Don't put pressure Think of this person as your friend.
0: Yeah, you've got to do it in the daylight. I think that actually helps a lot. Nighttime dates? Scary. Scary. Dinner- how are you getting dinner?
1: home? Are we drinking too much?
0: Too much going on. Just a coffee date for me.
1: Um, What about kissing? So let's go back to May, who you heard from at the beginning of this episode. We didn't mention this, but her first kiss was with her
2: best friend. Um, I even told her in the moment, I said, I'm in a safe place. Like I know you because I tried dating. I tried um, like meeting strangers and that just made me so uncomfortable. But this was one of the best ways I could have had this because I knew her. I knew she wouldn't be judging me. Um, I mentioned multiple times, well. I am I'm so embarrassing, I'm so nervous, is awkward. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, uh, which is so
0: nice. We need to normalise kissing friends. I
1: miss kissing friends. Me too. <laughs> I used to do it all the time and now I just kiss dates. What the hell?
0: Kiss boys. Ew. Ew, kiss friends. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about sex? Again, you really can't predict what's going to happen, but I think Dee and I, we should just go in with some big sister advice because – I think you need to lower your expectations.
1: Oh, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's it's gonna be a hot mess. It still is for me. Like there'll be stopping, there'll be starting, there'll be sweat, there'll be silence, there'll be noise. Queefing. Oh my god. All no one things. fucking
0: prepares you for the noises that your body <laughs> both of your bodies make. Balls slapping on the thighs. Still. It's fucked. Sex is so awkward. I mean, it's great, yeah, but for the first time, yeah, it's just not going to be fireworks or romance. Um, and I think thinking back as well to when I was a couple years younger, um, I think a big thing I was worried about for first time sex was oral sex, like giving and receiving but in particular as a woman receiving right it's something you
1: definitely are worried about you're like oh my god what is it like down there what does Mm. it look like does it look like what they expect it to look like exactly smell
0: yes all of that and we chatted to Naomi about it
5: if you're so paranoid about it but you're kind of like I wouldn't mind trying it my thing is go have a shower okay and then some people go but that's really weird and I'm like you know what What's the alternative? You just don't do it. If you really want to and a shower make you feel better, go do it. Go have a shower and then come back and start again or, you know, and things like that. But also that you're not supposed to smell like flowers down there.
1: Also, we asked Naomi about advice for the first time having sex from a guy's point of view.
5: And it's the same thing. I'm like, don't apologise. And if it happens and you come quick, cool, just go, oh, I've come now. Let's see. Don't, don't necessarily have to stop. Like let's play and do some things. Sometimes you might get another erection. But also normalise that you can be sexual and have sexual pleasure with your penis not being erect. You know, there's lots of things you can do. We can do things with our bodies and feel pleasure in many ways. So, you know, open up your sexual script so you're not just relying on that that penis because I think, you know, that's what it does. There's so much pressure on a person with a penis to be the star of the show. And if we stop doing that, then it's less pressure on the penis and then less anxiety and probably
0: then you might keep your penis up, you know? And it's like, but it's okay. There's plenty of things you to do. And most importantly, let's talk about how partners can help in this situation. If someone has opened up to you and said, hey, it's my first time, feeling nervous, feeling good. Um, here's how you can kind of guide them through and help. Um, I think just, yeah, kind of checking in. So maybe that would be a good question around, you know,
5: like what, what, how do you see that Um, evolving do we want to do it at night do we have we got the space to do that because some young people are living at home and whatever and they're really like struggling for places to have sex if they want to do that and they're telling me all sorts of things Or having sex in the bushes out the back or you know in a car which might sound really sexy (laughs) a lot of people that's super awkward and you're like trying to it's not always great so I suppose maybe having a conversation about what that looked like
1: Huge pod, a huge episode. So much to work through. Oh my I know, God. like
0: it. Well, honestly, maybe could have been a two-parter, but it was really hard to separate the both. I don't know. Hopefully, this episode has helped. But before we let you go, um, we want to give you a little update on Tully, who you heard before, who was really stressed about talking about her virginity to her partner. Well, guess what? We got that voice memo from her, and then a few days later, before we started recording this pod. She DM'd Dusty and was like, I told him, I told my boyfriend. <gasps> Stop that. Here's
2: our update. I did end up telling him that I'm a virgin. And he was so incredibly nice about it. He actually said he wasn't that surprised. <laughs> but he did say he was really happy that I was honest with him. So I guess moral of the story... Honesty won't scare the right one away.
1: Wait, put that on a T-shirt. I know. Isn't <laughs> I need it that in so a frame crude. on my wall to remind me. That is so
0: beautiful. I know. I loved it. Well, thank you so much to everyone who contributed to this episode. It honestly was a mammoth uh, yes. group
1: effort. It takes a community. It takes a village. So thank you. We love you. Please DM us at any time at Triple J The Hookup. And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.
4: Dave Marchese here from the Triple J Hack team. If you love the Hookup podcast like I do, we reckon you might enjoy the Triple J Hack podcast too. Each day we bring you the news that matters to you, from the latest science on climate change to what's going on in politics and news around the world. The Hack podcast, it's your daily fix of the news you
5: need to know. Get it wherever you're listening now.